welcome to Dark Matter Uncovered in this special podcast series. Thierry and Adrian explore the breadth of opportunities in the emerging space sector, a new key pillar of the Luxembourg economy. Dark Matter Uncovered is a Lux Unplugged production supported by Hogan Lovells, a global team advising clients on their most complex legal issues on Earth and beyond. Hi, I'm Thierry. Thank you for joining me on another episode of our space series, Dark Matter Uncovered, kindly supported by Hogan Lovells. In this episode, I had the pleasure to be talking to Edgar Milic, CEO at Luxspace. Luxspace is a native Luxembourg homegrown space company founded in 2004. In my conversation with Edgar, he highlights how the sector has changed since he entered the space sector and that nowadays there are far more opportunities to join companies like Luxspace. I found the conversation highly interesting and listeners will find out about the Luxspace developments such as Triton X, but also about Luxembourg's only moon mission called 4M. But now, without further ado, my conversation with Edgar Milic, CEO at Luxspace. Edgar Welcome to the Space Podcast episode of Lux Unplugged. Thanks, Thierry. Great to be here. Before we dive into all these exciting topics about the space sector, Luxembourg, and of course your company, for people who don't know you, could you please introduce yourself? Sure, sure. It's a pleasure. Um, well, I think that probably the right starting point is to say that I am the proud father of three wonderful kids and the proud husband of a gifted piano teacher. I like to, to put that up front because I think it's a, it matters a lot to me. But um, beyond that, uh, uh, Thierry, I, I am uh, since January 2021, I'm the chief executive at uh, OHB Luxspace here in Luxembourg. My trajectory in the past have gone from studies in Italy and Spain, a Master of Science and an MBA in Spain. And professionally, I move across Italy, Spain and Luxembourg, uh, starting mostly from technical work as project engineer and then manager, and then progressively move to business development, strategy, innovation. And I had uh, the fortune of coming over to Luxembourg in 2008 when I joined SES, and I stayed with that wonderful company for 12 years. And then I moved to another wonderful company which is uh, which be Luxspace, and that's uh, pretty much it. And how different was it when you moved from Italy, Spain uh, to Luxembourg and, you know, um, all these years ago uh, working for SES? Well, I would say that uh, there are big differences between the three countries, even if there is a sharing of a common European heritage. Um, it was different uh, in the sense that uh, the level of activities that you have and the specialization in the different countries is definitely different. I found that there is a profound technical academic background, for example, in Italy, which is permitted to create a lot of uh, great skills in, uh, in, in, in people, particularly in the space domain. We have a long tradition there. Uh, when it is about finding the right job, right, in order to be able to put at exercise, put in action what you learn, uh, definitely Spain was a better place. It had already some great connection with the European Space Agency at that time. We're talking early 2000 in my case. And, uh, and then the jump to Luxembourg, I mean, it's been a jump to the commercial space because SES has this great characteristic, right? It's a, it's a company that has demonstrated the, the viability of space as a business case 
already since the 80s. Those were mainly the difference, uh, the differences. And these days, I think Luxembourg is still showing very much the way in terms of uh, what space business could look like. And uh, in terms of the space sector, what fascinated you to get involved in the space sector in the first place? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, look... To be very blunt, I am a victim of Star Trek. So when I was a teenager, I, I had a passion for that, for the for the for the classic series, the original series, but also later on the Next Generation. So there was a sort of uh, a fascination in me at that point in time, triggered also by shows like that and science fiction, of course. I was a, a a big fan of, uh, and still am, a big fan of Isaac Asimov. But there was a fascination for exploration, to go beyond boundaries, and to do that in a way that is actually imaginable, right? So there is uh, something that could happen. Star Trek is a lot about that. It's something that could happen in the future of mankind. So at that point in time, I really, I, actually, I wanted to be an astrophysicist, I have to confess. But I, I soon understood that I could have had a, a far stronger impact as an aerospace engineer. Because in that way you can you you can build the enablers right to realize that vision of exploration and going somewhere. So I mean, anyway, as I said in other contexts, uh, you could say that I have a thirty-year-long love affair with space, which is still running today. And is it an industry, in your opinion, easy to get into nowadays? And I guess it was very different to when you started off. It has changed a lot. You're certainly right. I think that uh, at the time when I started, space was uh, a lot about big companies. There was a, a set of big companies, the typical uh, large system integrators in Europe, for example, right? Uh, Airbus at that time already also OHB, Thales Alenia Space, which was completely different names at that time, but nevertheless, the, 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 the thing is still the same. Boeing in the US, Lockheed Martin. And I think what really was amazing in the last 20 years was the fact that you started seeing surfacing here and there smaller companies, people with ideas and people with money who are willing to fund these ideas. And uh, all in all, today, to your question, is it easy to enter? Um, I think it is probably easier now. For, so for somebody who wants to study space engineering or wants to study something that could be applicable for space, also some science uh, discipline, I think that nowadays there is more opportunities to get uh, people on board. And actually, I have to say the main challenge that most of, of us companies and management of space companies these days are, are facing is finding talents who wants to join us because they have so many other opportunities to jump on board. So, yeah, that's a bit the picture, I think, uh, today versus 20 plus years ago when I was entering. The space sector is now uh, formally commercialized. So, and Luxspace was founded in 2004, and it's a sister company of OHB, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, can you tell our listeners about the core mission of the business and its early beginnings since its uh, foundation? As a first point, I think it's very important to stress the fact that Luxspace is a, is a Luxembourg native company. So we started here. Uh, back in 2004, we were created from scratch by the uh, some representatives of the OHB group, that's for sure. But the team was really created from scratch here. And all our operations are still today here as they were at that point in time. And what is also very, very compelling as a case from my point of view is the fact that we started at that point in time focusing on small satellite platforms 
and focusing in parallel on applications and services with particular focus on maritime, leveraging AIS, automatic identification system data uh, from the maritime domain. And still today, there is uh, very much continuity with that. So the company has not... uh, has not, uh, uh, has not gone too far away from that. We are still today going on the track of developing and selling small satellite platforms. When I arrived here, for sure, and this is more talking about uh, the next steps, I think that I saw the great opportunity of actually of exploiting those two lines, which are in our tradition, and trying to merge them in order to be able to enable mission with both space systems and application uh, uh, as well as the services to run that space system. So in that, in that sense, uh, the, the lack space of the past, the Luxembourg story of lack space, can then develop in the future with a truly unique and differentiated uh, uh, story, which is actually also unique and differentiated within the OHP group to a large extent. So since 2004, before space was so hyped in the economy, what is Luxspace working on a day-to-day basis? What what projects are in in the pipeline for for the company? I think that uh, it's worth starting from one of the signature projects really we have, which is the Triton X platform development. Um, This is a a spacecraft in the 50 to 250 kilogram category which is being developed with the great support of the Luxembourg Space Agency and the European Space Agency. And it is about shaping a highly differentiated space platform with a scalable architecture, which is permitting us to move between 50 and 250 kilos, with strong onboard electronics and processing, and able to support high-performance missions. And to the extent that actually it's, it's far more comparable in terms of performances to to far larger satellites. So we like to think about Triton X as a lot as a, as a big satellite in a shoebox. Uh, that, that's one. That's one thing that is keeping us very busy uh, uh, during the day. The second one is, uh, is a, a great achievement of last year, which is uh, the ground operation service provision for the Lux EOSIS uh, national satellite here in Luxembourg. This is a long-term contract that we won last year for operating the, the national satellite to be launched in 2023. And is reusing a lot of our operational capabilities from the past, but in even a larger scale than what we did in the past. And it's a, it's a true pride to be able to participate in this national endeavor. The third area which is keeping us very occupied is something that... Um, is very dear to my heart, which is more entrepreneurial activities. I have, I have a passion for whenever technical developments meet really the business side of the story. And myself, I had in my background also the participation into advisory boards of, of venture capital funds in space, like the Seraphim Space Fund in the UK and Orbital Ventures here in Luxembourg. So this passion uh, of business is really very much there. And uh, recently, we started promoting an initiative on spectrum monitoring via space in collaboration with other companies. And I find it a great business opportunity and at the same time, a great way to combine the use of our Triton X platform with a service and business-oriented approach. So this kind of initiative is something that whenever I see popping up, and, and this is only one, there are more that we are working on, is really, is really, you know, giving me a lot of passion to to engage with. You, you just mentioned that uh, 2021 was a significant year for the business um, with uh, the development of 
Triton X. Is that the, the long-term contract you signed with the Ministry of Defence? And if so, how important are these contracts for, for a company like yours? Uh, is that, does that mean the business is secured for, for the coming years? You can hire more people? Um, is that kind of what comes uh, with, the, with the territory? Well, I, I, I can give you one data point. I think since uh, we, we signed that long-term contract with the Ministry of Defense, we increased our, our, our staff by uh, a bit more than 10% in order to, to fulfill that. We are strongly hiring at the moment uh, in order to indeed work further on the development of the Triton X platform and uh, on the other projects that we are that we are maturing uh, as we speak, like the spectrum monitoring project I was talking uh, about before, uh, in, in the course of coming months and years. So uh, definitely, this is uh, the, we are growing in our business and we are growing with our staff. And I think that uh, the, the 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 future looks uh, looks very good. Of course, we need to be diligent in execution, both execution in projects and execution in capturing new projects. And in overall, obviously, with, with contracts like the Ministry of Defence, you know, we always like to talk um, about the legal challenges. Commercialization of space is new, but um, with so many new projects in the pipeline, so many startups coming, what, what kind of legal challenges do space companies have, but also uh, companies like yourself who have been established uh, already for a long time? Well, I, I think that to a large extent, space companies are facing the same uh, or a large majority of same uh, challenges that other companies are facing as well, right? An example of that is uh, 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 intellectual property protection. Uh, definitely, there is an area where considering the, 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 the creativity uh, and the innovation associated to the space sector, there are inventions uh, and developments um, everywhere Every single day, there is a large number of patents which are being filed for or simply developments which are published and all that. So keeping under control the secret juices, if you allow me, of, of your business, which is in many cases something about the business model, but in far many more cases is about a certain technology being developed for a, for a certain purpose, is certainly one, one, one critical area. So uh, I would say that's a major area in terms of uh, legal implication, a regulatory implication. Another one which is uh, particular to our case, and so to our sector, that's what I mean, and our sector and some adjacent sectors, is export control. Export control... Uh, as you may know, the um, satellite technology is uh, in, listed as one of the areas of technology which is uh, following under export control with many countries. One example is uh, the, the ITAR regulation in the US. So on, that one is a very important matter that we take care a lot about because, it's a, first of all, it's, a, it's an aspect of business which is extremely important to make sure that technology is always under control and complying with regulation. And the second reason is that uh, breaching any of those regulations and doing something which is not in line with export control can be can can have very serious impact on business. So we are we are taking a lot care about that. We have people dedicated to that in order to make sure that. Uh, Nothing is is falling between the chairs. All those activities we certainly take um, uh, take a lot into account. Of course, vis-a-vis -vis the future, uh, it's important to stress that uh, 
still outer space, exploitation of outer space, uh, it is uh, in some aspect very regulated, like when it is about the use of frequencies in orbit. In other cases, it's still very free uh, and, and very uncertain, like it is what about the exploitation of resources in space? What about space debris and all that? We, we, I'm pretty sure that we will see a lot of evolution in that sense. We saw some of them in Luxembourg for sure in terms of space resources. Uh, but we will see more in coming years, and we will have to. We will all have to adapt to that. And for example, deploying satellites with very clear strategies for deorbiting in order to ensure that you don't have an impact on the overall ecosystem around the Earth. You mentioned obviously that you you've been in Luxembourg for quite some time now. Has the perception uh, changed over the years when you tell people that you meet on a on a day to day basis or in, in private life? that you work for, for a space company. What, what is the perception nowadays? I think in Luxembourg, in Luxembourg there has been, uh, I, I think since the 80s, Luxembourg has been accustomed to a certain kind of space, which is uh, the space of the telecom sector and SES, which is very successful, without a doubt, and has demonstrated that space is a very valuable enabler solution for ground challenges. Um, so in that sense, I think that... Uh, it, there, there was always in Luxembourg a perception of, uh, of, okay, space is a place where actually you can be successful in creating great companies. Over time, when the, the new narrative of, uh, if you call it, if you want to call it new space and uh, space resources as well as part of that emerged, I sense very clearly a mix of enthusiasm and skepticism from many. And over time, I think the jury is still out on that one, if I, if, I, if I can say. From my point of view, when I saw these things emerging uh, several years ago here in Luxembourg, I immediately captured the, the great opportunity that was bringing. It's an opportunity of creating a narrative which is triggering a lot of aspirations, a lot of passions, a lot of, a lot of new initiatives which can then you know, synergize one another and creating indeed an ecosystem that we are now seeing, for example, in Luxembourg developing. So I think that the, the choice between embracing it or rejecting that was never a choice for me. I think it was a matter of really embracing it for, 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 for leveraging that for the good of the ecosystem. Uh, from outside, maybe if you allow me to add that, from the outside, I think there was this perception of this tiny nation was trying to do things and I think that they never perceived that this nation was not trying to do things because this nation was really at the core, at its inception, of a great success story that I mentioned before, the one of SES. Therefore, it's a perfect nation, uh, thanks to its setup, uh, in order to be able to be the next, uh, uh, the cradle of the next one. And I think that some examples here in the country, we are a small one if you want, but others are there for sure. Um, the examples in the country are demonstrating that that could be really be true. Yeah, I think overall, it's uh, very often it has to do with, like you mentioned, SAS and, and other companies that all these things that we now need, nowadays need in our life, from uh, uh, phone telecommunications to satellite uh, TV to, let's say, uh, our Google Maps in the cars and, and so on, that all has to do with space. And I think where five, five, ten years ago, whenever it was when, when the Luxembourg government says, well, we're going to now heavily focus on space resources, that people just saw an image of, let me say, a spaceman 
uh, flying up to um, an asteroid and start drilling with a ha- with a jackhammer. And I think that was kind of the picture that people have. But you know, space has so many uh, facets, so many sectors to get involved in. And I think, um, you know, coming to uh, 2014, you know, you perf- uh, performed the Manfred Memorial Moon mission, uh, also yep. known as 4M. Um, who is Manfred and why is this state important in your company's history? Okay, great question, Thierry. Well, the Manfred is Professor Manfred Fuchs. Professor Fuchs uh, uh, was the founder of the OHB Group and the father of our current CEO. And I have to say with a certain pride that uh, he was uh, uh, he was born in Italy, my home country. So I I, I kind of feel a certain a certain uh, uh, cultural closeness. And I had the chance of meeting Professor Fuchs uh, in the past, not when I was with OHB Luxpace, but uh, in, in, in my previous, uh, previous uh, uh, endeavouring. And uh, uh, Professor Fuchs passed away on 26th of April 2014, which surprisingly is the birth uh, date of my third kid. And, and Professor Fuchs uh, uh, took a company of five people, something like 40 years ago, and turned it into a 2,000 people and 1 billion in revenues giant of space in Europe. Um, so at that point in time, Lux Space uh, felt privileged, actually, to, to engage with a mission to launch the first private lunar probe to successfully fly by the moon. And that was what uh, 4M was, the Manfred Memorial Moon mission. The lunar flyby uh, was on uh, 28th of October 2014, after which the spacecraft entered the elliptical orbit and continued transmission until 11th of November 2014. So it was a short mission, and still it was exceeding by almost four times what was the designed lifetime of that uh, small probe, which according to our records also at that time, it re-entered then the atmosphere of the of the Earth and burned in the atmosphere. But we could also see that from another perspective, also by thinking that, uh, well, 4M was the, the, the first private lunar probe, and that was launched by Luxembourg. So uh, I think it's another record that we can put not only to the merits of Professor Fuchs, but also to the merits of Luxembourg to a large extent. I remember uh, I looked up on, on Wikipedia, and, and then I saw the Luxembourg flag on moon missions. Uh, so not specifically landing on the moon, but moon missions in, in overall. And, you know, b- before we started talking, obviously, for this podcast, I was aware that Luxembourg somehow was involved because obviously every time there is a, a certain mission, uh, the flag of the country is obviously added. And that's why uh, uh, Luxembourg's flag is, uh, you know, on, on the moon mission uh, page of, uh, of Wikipedia. So uh, indeed, uh, something very exciting, not just for for the company, OHB, or for Luxpace, but overall as well um, for Luxembourg as a, as a country. Definitely, definitely. And I'll tell you more, Thierry, that uh, we want to build uh, somehow on that success because one of the, one of the thrilling and uh, exciting projects that we have for the future is another moon mission uh, with the OHB group in collaboration with the group in order to land um, a laboratory. Uh, as a moon station, so right, land in a laboratory 
on the surface of the moon and there will be a part a piece of luxembourg technology on that laboratory because luxspace will develop and produce one of the core electronics element of that laboratory so we are not stopping with the 4m uh, from some years ago but we want we are looking at the future as a as again a target for uh, for our activities even more when we think about the future of our own platform, the, the Triton X I mentioned before, we will soon have to ask ourselves what will be the next version for. Will it be for in-orbit servicing? Will it be for interplanetary? Or will it be for moon missions, actually? Launching satellites that can stay in moon orbit, and those could be Luxembourg manufactured satellites like Triton X. What are your expectations from uh, the Luxembourg space sector and the increase of space-related businesses uh, being set up in the Grand Duchy? And do you see a commercial benefit for working with the European Space Agency and the Luxembourg Space Agency uh, back home? Well, Luxembourg is absolutely a great place to be. So, and I see with a lot of uh, with a lot of favor that new companies and are are coming to Luxembourg, and and of course. This is in particular important when they are coming here for, for, for staying, right? For good. They are coming with real uh, and important activities. Because I fundamentally believe in the, in the effect of the ecosystem, you know, the synergies we, across the ecosystem and being able to find common projects, uh, to build talents together and, and so on. Uh, so, and at the same time with that, I have a lot of admiration for the political wisdom of the country. Uh, which started with the uh, with the uh, entry into the European Space Agency, creation of ELSA, the narrative of space resources, orbital ventures, which we talked earlier, uh, which I, I'm particularly proud because I was part of the of the of the founding team, the team that helped creating that fund, the interdisciplinary space master, where I was honored also to have two courses together with my good friend Peter Plaza from Spire, and the creation of the European Space Resources and Innovation Center here in Luxembourg. So uh, there is a lot of wisdom in those choices. Uh, so to the to your question the, the, on, on the commercial benefit you know, to work with ESA and ELSA, well, for sure, because so far they have demonstrated that uh, they are not only willing, but also capable of putting in place the right tools uh, in order to sustain the creation of that ecosystem uh, and, and, and try to cover all different aspects of that, as we said before, technology development, funding, uh, education and, uh, and, and research. So uh, what I would certainly welcome a lot for the future uh, in order to, to see even further the Luxembourg story growing and with that, uh, the Luxbase story, uh, it is uh, uh, wider and deeper developments in, in space exploration. So going really the extra miles in, uh, in funding and sustaining missions for for exploration, which can have the label of Luxembourg on that, and hopefully also the label of Luxspace somewhere. And uh, certainly, I would expect uh, careful and wider support to uh, genuine business engagements, uh, like our continuous presence here in the in the country. So we were born here, continued here. All our assets are here. I think this kind of stories we need more of them, right? We need more of companies who are here for good, as I was saying before. And any support to these kind of engagements, it's only going to be beneficial for the, for, the, for the prosperity of the space sector in Luxembourg. 
Edgar, I think we are on the right path to a great uh, and continuous uh, success story in the space sector, especially with Orbital Ventures and of course as well with uh, Luxspace. Thank you very much for your time and I'm hoping to speak to you again in the near future to see about all these great things you are working on. Thank you, Thierry. It was great to speak to you. That was Dark Matter Uncovered, your special series dedicated to the Luxembourg space industry and beyond. Subscribe to our Lux Unplugged podcast feed to continue receiving future episodes either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.